When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So it's Friday, not actually the end of the day yet in terms of the trading hours, but I wanna get this video in earlier in the day and give you guys a bit of a roundup on kind of the broader markets and some big news items. Uh, but I'm gonna start off with precious ones because I know that's why a lot of you guys are watching this video in the first place. Um, you know, As you can see in this past uh, week or so, I'll go to a five day chart, precious metals, it really, it, it's almost frustrating. Silver and gold have seen multiple very exciting rallies only for them to kind of drift lower again. It's not surprising for those of us that have been here for a long time. And, you know, uh, I'll admit, you know, part of me was kind of thinking as, as I saw these rallies, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a shame because I'm kind of liking these low prices. But, you know, at some point they do have to rise. And so, you know, this is kind of in line with what I said a while back that, you know, the, the weakness in precious metals over the short term was probably going to be muted, right? That there, but, but the strength was also going to be muted as well. You know, I said, uh, I don't know if I actually put these numbers down, but you know, I, I was kind of, an idea I had in my head was maybe 1550, you know, between 1550 and, and, you know, 14 for a while here until, you know, after the election, then we could see some new lows or, or highs. And depending on where they go, you can reference some of my past videos on that. But, you know, so far we, we've kind of seen some some upward trending, which is positive for both silver and gold. Uh, you know, gold still sitting right around that twelve hundred number. Uh, silver and you know above fourteen fifty. Um, you know, that's that's encouraging. Um, now, another thing to keep in mind is that next week we could actually we could actually see precious metal prices rise. You know, I think this is a good time to remind you guys that none of what I say in this video or any of my videos should be taken as investment advice. I don't hold any license for that. You know, simply my own commentary, analysis, whatever. This is, you know, you guys know that. And I put a disclaimer in every one of my descriptions on my videos. But, you know, I would expect silver and gold to potentially rise next week. Now, the reason for that is China's golden week. Their, their markets are closed this week, okay? And historically in the past, what we've seen happen is silver and gold slump during that week. We actually have it this week, and they've gone up. I mean, that's surprising. And so, you know, we're, really we have, we have two scenarios potentially playing out here. Um, next week, we could see even more strength in precious metals. Silver top 15, maybe around 15. Gold, you know, up around 12, 10, 12, 20, okay? As it follows that same pattern that we've seen last year, right? A lot of strength coming out of the golden week or else traders are finally catching on to that. And, and it's a bit of a uh, buy the rumor, sell the news type event next week. Maybe they don't see a huge move up. Uh, like they have in past years when China comes back off of their holiday. Um, so, I mean, do that, do with that what you will. But, you know, um, you know, if it's followed past patterns, silver and gold very well could be going up next week by a decent amount. And I know a lot of you guys like these prices below $14, but you can make those investment decisions on your own. So that's kind of where silver and gold are at right now. That silver gold ratio remains 
pretty high, 82-ish to 1, I think. Uh, I had a chart open. I don't anymore, but, you know, still above 80 to 1. Still pretty high, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, if if you want to know my full feelings on the gold-to-silver ratio, I've talked about it plenty in the past. Maybe I have videos on it specifically, maybe not. But anyways, you know, moving on. uh, Still talking about precious metals here, though. I did want to go over uh, some bullion sales numbers. First of all, these are numbers from the Perth Mint. Um, this is huge. Uh, so you have gold here, and the chart's on the left. So no, they didn't sell almost 200 million ounces of gold. It's closer to like a little over 60,000. Um, but, you know, as you can see, silver and gold, a lot of demand from the Perth Mint right now. It might be have to do with some of their new series. You know, I don't keep up too much on new series and new products coming out of a lot of mints. I just don't, and I just kind of see them appear, and I don't know exactly when they appear. They just do over, you know, a one-month period. But, you know, it could be partly due to that. You know, if we look at seasonality, uh, in the past, you know, maybe around this October month, we have seen a rise. Uh, but even in you know, September, not a significant rise. You know, maybe last year it's decent, but still, you know, the big takeaway from this chart is that silver demand out of the Perth Mint is pretty strong right now. I think it's the strongest since like January 2016 or something like that, right? Over a million ounces sold from the Perth Mint is a pretty big deal. Gold demand is definitely picking up over the Perth Mint as well. Uh, moving along in this trend, talking about bullion sales. Um, this is the U.S. Mint totals for 2018. And as you can see, you know, actually ounces sold for uh, gold less than the Perth Mint from the uh, from the U.S. Mint. And uh, yeah, it's not surprising. I, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, U.S. Mint uh, sales. I think these are Eagle sales, by the way. I don't know. I'd have to actually check. These might be Eagle sales. Uh, yeah, I think so. So maybe this isn't Buffalo sales as well. Uh, so maybe they are closer to to uh, Perth Mint totals. I'd have to check those actually. Um, but silver sales from the U.S. Mint really exploded in this month, highest this year since January. And of course, January is usually uh, a really good month for bullion sales because all of those dealers are stocking up on new product to sell in the new calendar year as the U.S. Mint comes out with their new um, coins. So um, it's very strong numbers. And already in, in October, we're, we're only on the 5th. Of October and already sales are are very strong. Um, already, you know, three quarters of a million ounces, or uh, sorry, two thirds of a million ounces. Um, so already doing very well. Uh, I think it's gonna be another good month for in October. You know, if you play this out, if you multiply, you know, uh, six hundred seventy thousand by uh, six. You know, we're about a sixth of the way through the month. Um, I don't know what you number you'd come up with, like over 3 million ounces. I don't know if we'll have that as good of a month. Really depends, I think, a lot on prices, you know. Um, when it comes to prices, uh, what, what is good for sales, I think, is a lot of volatility. Either low prices or a lot of rising prices. So if they move either way, I think you can see these sales continue to stay high. But they might. I think they'll end up coming in below September. You know, before I move on to the other markets, which stick around for that, guys. It's important stuff. Stick around for for talk on treasuries and, and, and stock markets and Tesla. If you see Tesla up here, TSLA. I have a lot to talk about there and it's important stuff. But real quick, you know, the one other supply and demand, demand mostly that I'm, I'm looking here for, for precious metals, um, to just because I guess out of my own curiosity, is not necessarily just investment totals, but uh, Indian imports of silver. Um, some more recent ones. I think the most recent ones we have are through June um, and it's already October. Now, I, I have seen some other ones for gold and maybe some tentative ones for silver, but I'd like to see some more concrete numbers. I don't even remember what those numbers were, uh, the, the more tentative ones. But I think it's going to be huge, huge ones for July, 
um, August, September, uh, the, the Indian demand, just because of low prices as well as some of their own currency issues. Um, so that, that's something to keep an eye on. I'm sure I'll be covering it here on this channel. I'm sure Lewis over at Smell Gold will be covering it even better than I can. Um, so, so definitely uh, check out his channel as well if you want to stay updated on that. So moving on from precious metals, again, guys, stick around for this. Uh, the, the big news this week, I think, has been the bond market. Okay, this is CNBC's chart. Um, try to get that off of here. I'll, I'll shrink this down to, let's say, one month, okay? Uh, now, the big story, I'll, I'll keep it longer, actually. You know, you, you guys have it. I'll keep it one year for now. Um Whenever this pops up again. Okay. The big story like last year, maybe I'll make it five years. The big story for a long time here was that yields were going down and down and down and down. And then at some point in 2017, you'll see it here. They bottomed. Okay. Right here. July of 2016. Sorry. Um, and they reversed and they came back up, you know, around the presidential election time, came back down and back up again, you know, up around 3% now, right? In 2018, you know, really hitting around 3% during uh, uh, that, that really high period of volatility back then. Um, and, and since then, you know, they've kind of stayed, you know, pretty in a pretty tight range. But now they've really, I think, have, have made a solid break above 3%. You know, this is the longest they've traded above 3% in a lot, many, many years. You know, to, you know, as I speak right now, they're at like above 3.2%. And you know the, the the stock market has this has um, caused stocks to go down a bit. You know, higher rates are not always bullish for stocks, uh, especially rapid rises. And, and hopefully, I can get this chart, a uh, shorter term chart here for you. And if not, no no big deal. But they've been rising over the last couple of days. Uh, I'll just exit page. We can look at it later. Um, so they, they have been rising. And that's a negative, I think, for stocks. I think it's a negative for a lot of things, rising rates. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the shorts in the treasury market right now are so high. And, and we're probably going to get more data later today, the commitment of traders report and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure if treasuries are in that report or not. I, I focus so much on the metals. But they're extremely short. Traders are, uh, especially like speculative traders on on treasuries, and and so you know the potential for a short squeeze absolutely exists, meaning that yields could go much much lower because remember yields operate inversely to price, so the price go higher, yields lower on a short squeeze, and this little fake out above three point two percent could be just that a fake out, and and they could go two point eight percent, two point seven, and go much much lower, but. On the other hand, I just know that the fundamentals for the bond market are just not there right now. I mean, they haven't for a long time, but you know, I'm going to be talking a bit here about Italy and how the Italian government and their budget that they're putting out right now is just um, not being, the, the EU is not responding well to it. Basically, the deficits are too high. And, and you know, for a long time now, the U.S. deficits, government deficits have been way too high, and yet the bond markets haven't punished them. I think it's about time that they do. I mean, the fundamentals are not there. Deficits, you know, 2018 fiscal year deficit, which just came to an end, um, extremely high, over a $1.2 trillion increase to the national debt, which is crazy for, for a period which is supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, good economic growth. It's probably going to be higher for fiscal year 2019, which we just began. Um, you know, in addition to that increased supply coming onto the market, you know, more debt means more bonds. You also have uh, the Federal Reserve and their, their winding down of, of their balance sheet. Their quantitative tightening, which as of this month just bumped up to fifty billion dollars a month versus forty billion dollars a month unwinded. You know, people are looking for answers of why the bond market went up, and that's something that people haven't mentioned a ton. Is that 
hey, maybe traders are paying attention to the Fed and they're unwinding the fact that they're buying fewer and fewer U.S. Treasury bonds. I mean, this is important stuff. And and I think that the fundamentals absolutely aren't there, even if speculative traders are, are extremely short treasuries, meaning betting on higher yields. The yields could do just that. I think they should. The fundamentals are not there. They should be at 4 5 6% given the U.S. government's national debt. And, you know, if they do go there, I, I think long term, the Fed's going to do their very best to force down rates. They're going to lower their own Fed funds, right? They're going to start quantitative easing. But, you know, if interest rates do get up to 4%, 5%, 6%, not only is that going to be a major headwind for the stock market, for the economy, because rising rates are not good for an economy drowning in debt, but can you imagine the debt that that means for the U.S. government? I mean, you, you take $21 trillion, um, Maybe we can do mental math here. Uh, so what, you know, what's one percent of twenty-one trillion? That's two hundred and ten billion dollars. If rates were just one percent, right? So if they're five percent, you're up to what uh, one thousand uh, and fifty billion? You know, over one trillion dollars just to pay off that. You go up to six trillion or six six uh, percent, and and you're looking at. You know, over 1.2 trillion just to pay it off. I mean, what was the deficit last year? 1.2 trillion for fiscal year. You could be looking at that just to pay the interest rate on that debt. Never mind all the other debt that we accrue, and and that builds. You know, the next year after that, you're going to have an extra 101.2 trillion just for interest rate payments on top of the debt, and you have to pay interest on, rate on that. I mean, it's a sovereign debt crisis. It's absolutely within. The realm of possibility in the future here uh, as this really spirals out of control and i think the fed inevitably is going to step in and they're going to buy up a lot of bonds they're going to try and force down rates i don't know if they're going to be successful because those policies are going to create a ton of inflation and i think keeping rates lower and lower um are, are going to bring them far far below uh inflation real rates are going to go very very negative and inflation i think is going to go very very high even though the economy as a whole is going to be in a tough time during that period of time so um you know speaking of the bond market i'll cover italy real quick they're still dealing with their ongoing problems this is uh i think the um the footsies italian bank index i think right here still going down uh let's see here or maybe that's just their broader markets either way down on the day and, and you can see also here in the bond yields um staying remain very elevated the 10-year uh, italian bond uh, remains very elevated and and you know as this plays out you know if yields continue to stay high they continue to rise that's going to hurt italian banks italian banks hold a ton of italian sovereign debt and you know that 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 c word comes back into the equation here contagion you know um how how far is the Italian government willing to go, the coalition government uh, against the EU? Or how far is the EU going to, I guess, maybe remove their support for the Italian government and the bond market before they realize, hey, we could have a contagion in our hands. We need to uh, we need to tap out here and, and, and maybe give this one to the Italian coalition government. I don't know. But uh, definitely something to keep an eye on as well as we go over the weekend. Close that window. Let's talk about stocks real quick. The SP 500. Uh, this is a what, one year. I'll, I'll open up a one year chart. Close that. One year chart. <laughs> Look at this a huge this SP SP five hundred. This is from TradingView, by the way. A lot of these charts are huge drop off, but they have you know new highs still. Um, they are down this week again, going back to the bond market and maybe some other news. Uh, but you know this still remained extremely high. 
uh, I don't know, as, as bearish as I am on the stock market long term, I don't know. It, it's interesting because part of me thinks, you know, stocks absolutely can continue to go higher. I'm not seeing a huge catalyst yet for them to drop. But on the other hand, I also know that with it being, you know, October, that's, I don't know. You know, I've, I've heard some very bright minds talk about this, you know, uh, namely uh, the, the guys over at Macro Voice. It's a great podcast. If you don't listen to it, check it out. Um, I think it's Eric Townsend and uh, I forget the other guy's name, Patrick Sresno or Peter Sresno or something. And then they have this guy on this, Charlie McElliott uh, from Nomura. He's he's a uh, cross-asset cross analyst. And, you know, he's kind of of the opinion that for a while here stocks are going to melt up a little bit more because um, uh, I think a lot of managers, fund managers, are going to be panicking that their returns are too low in the year and they're really going to panic uh, here and, and, and um, get as much as return as they can uh, here in October. And uh, that could lead to a melt-up and, and then an eventual, you know, drop-off later on, November, December, or beginning of 2019. Um, things are certainly ripe for another crash like this one that goes much, much further down off the charts here. Uh, it's just a matter of when, you know, just because they're high doesn't mean they're going to crash. Stocks have been in a bumble for a long time. I'll talk about this this weekend. Uh, I actually have a video coming out here, Donald Trump talking about stocks being in a bubble back in 2016. Well, look at where they're at today, right? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for that video there. But um, they, they're ripe for, for a, a drop. It's just a matter of when, you know, and it's, it's going to be, I don't know, entertaining. I don't have money in the S&P. <laughs> so it's going to be entertaining watching it drop. Um, but uh, just because these valuations are just totally unjustified and, and totally in a bubble, it, they just need, a, they just need a, a catalyst. And that catalyst might not arrive until, you know, December, January, you know, early 2019. But totally could happen right now. There's no reason that it couldn't happen right now if, if some major, um, some major, catalyst emerges and, and and believe me there are plenty i mean there are plenty of potential ones the uh liquidity crisis because of the fed tightening um the emerging market crisis contagion from europe etc there's plenty out there the the housing market is starting to fall but it's just a matter of when um so something to keep an eye on i also like i said i want to talk about tesla again i always save them for the end of my videos i don't know why but you know this is a five-year chart for tesla a lot of volatility in the stock, but you know, very recently a lot of volatility as well. I mean, look at this. Look at this drop right here. This was the Elon Musk news at the Elon Musk. Uh, uh, there's an SEC lawsuit against him. A huge drop from over 300 to around 260 here, and a huge rally after he settles. But you know, more recently he comes out and he, uh, um, excuse that phone ringing. Um, he he comes out and he. Uh, Tweets, uh, uh, tweets against the SEC. I forget exactly what he calls them. Um, the uh, Short Sellers Enrichment uh, Commission, or something like that, talking about the SEC because um, he thinks that that what they do did was uh, their their lawsuit and everything was was the motivation was to uh, help out short sellers, which is ridiculous because you know the settlement was not all that bad considering the damage he did and, and, and the potential for how bad it could have been for him. You know, I think they walked away with a $20 million fine for him. I think Tesla paid that as well. And then he has to be removed from like the chairman position, but he can retain his role as like CEO or something like that. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. And then one of the other ones was one of the terms of the deal, which I don't know if it's final yet. I think a judge is still reviewing it, which is a topic 
a whole other topic, but one of the terms of the deal was that the board needs to start overseeing his use of uh, social media, especially Twitter. And then he comes out with his tweet and he goes off and he continues to tweet about SEC and how he's the victim, you know, really playing this victim thing. And, and, uh, and uh, short sellers going off on short sellers or value destroyers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, you're trying to settle with him. Part, part of me thinks that maybe he knows something we don't know about this potential settlement, that it's already not going to go through, that this is lawsuit's going to go uh, the whole nine yards. And uh, he's, he's uh, because poison uh, um, water, or whatever you want to say about this, what, uh, going out against SEC right after a pretty reasonable, I think, settlement, because he's absolutely in the wrong. I think a lot of Tesla bear, bulls, that are huge fanboys of, of Musk will at least say he's wrong. Now, they'll, they'll argue whether or not it was intentional. They'll say it wasn't. It's was just a mistake, an innocent mistake, whatever. A lot of people lost a lot of money off that tweet, uh, never mind just the fact that it was untrue, it was fraudulent, it was false statements. Um, where am I going with this? It was a pretty reasonable settlement, and him coming out against the SEC is not going to help his case at all going forward. SEC, and there's reports of them still sniffing around with the company. I think there's a lot for them to find. I'm sure the DOJ is still out there. There's still this talk of a class action lawsuit regarding this 420 tweet from people that potentially lost money as a result of it. It's not looking well for Tesla, and that's just the Musk lawsuit side of it never mind the fundamentals quarter three earnings are going to come out towards the end of this month or early 2000 or sorry early november i think it's by the end of october i'd have to check they're not going to be good but but they might be a profit they might turn a profit in quarter three it's unclear at this point honestly but it's it's going to be through some extreme measures so first of all tesla the model three they they uh they ramped up production of this all-wheel drive model, which is more expensive, higher margins. Well, they've already run through a lot of the North American backlog for the all-wheel drive model. Okay, they're probably going to use these so-called ZEV credits. I don't know for sure. I'm I'm not all in on this, but they're probably going to use some of that to boost their profits. They're probably going to play around with some other numbers, um, which you have to be very careful with because again, the SEC is sniffing around, DOJ is sniffing around. I'm sure, and uh, they're going to do their very best to to turn a profit. For one quarter, even if it's a small profit, but quarter four, Q1 2019, et cetera, et cetera. Look out below. Losses are going to be astronomical. This company needs, needs cash. They need capital. That's been their story all along, but they need billions, you know, at least $5 billion now to move forward with their Model Y production, which is going to be their next um, their next car. It's going to complete their, their acronym that they have so far, the S, the three the X and the Y, it's going to spell it sexy because he couldn't do Model E. I think Forrest still had the the uh, copywriter, the trademark, whatever, for Model E. So they need, still need to do the Model Y. Um, it's going to be at least a $5 billion thing, I think, to bring it to the market all in all in terms of capital investment. Uh, never mind the fact that they just need capital investment to to pay off debt, other debt, and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know what investors are going to be willing to do that. Right, given the potential of this ongoing investigation, the fundamentals of it. Sure, there's a lot of stupid money out there. Believe me, there is. But, you know, Tesla, I think, is looking less and less attractive to these investors. So, um, you know, part of, part of me hopes that it, it, it spikes back up again above 300, 350, 
And so that some people, you know, potentially myself, depending on what my own cash position looks like at the time, can really get in in a favorable, uh, long-dated, short position through put options. Now, I'm not a huge fan of options or, or paper markets all the time, but, you know, I think Tesla would be a great one um, uh, for, for some of these investors. I don't know. Again, they can make their own investment decisions. But, uh, you know, if it continues to drop, you know, maybe I'll miss out on that opportunity. But but we'll see here. Maybe after quarter three, I'll be back up. I'll 300, 350 after the quarter three earnings come out. But, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. Tesla, stock market rates, precious metals, precious metals demand, et cetera, et cetera. Let me know down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.